0: Eighty-seven-five and 1280, The Zone. PK and I are joined now by Craig Jack TV voice of the Jazz, a guy we have both known since the day we got to the market because he was already here. Bowler, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning. PK, how are you? DJ? Good. Thanks a lot. Um, Bowler.
0: I thought I knew. I've been around a while. Yeah, you have been. I thought, and we're going to get to that in just a second, but first, <laughs> because I've been a while, around a while too, I thought I knew a lot about you. Yeah. and we uh, we played a little phone tag yesterday, P.K., and it was hard to get a hold of Buller are both on the phone with other people, right? And so when I get a hold of him, I'm like, well, i, I got to do this RSL game. It's starting here pretty soon. He's like, ah, call me afterwards. I'm like, Buller, it'll be after 11 o'clock. He goes, I'll be up. I'm watching TV.
1: Yeah, Buller's a, a night, night
0: owl. You're a big-time night owl even now.
1: I am. You know, it all comes from the uh, days past when you do late news and you are wired up, and I've always – been a late night guy always. So eleven o'clock, I thought, come on, give me a challenge. So. <laughs> he was. I
0: called him. He's like, "You're driving home. Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm I'm just leaving the stadium, Bowler. I'm not I'm not even onto city streets yet."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: called you in the parking lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gave us a little longer time to chat last exactly. night. So yeah, that was hilarious, though. All
0: right, so you have been around forever, Bowler, and I think a lot of people, you know, the basic outlines of this. Thirty-five years with the Millers, obvious a lot of high points and a lot of good memories. Some doubt about what this means going forward, but they like the fact that it seems to be a, a passionate a local owner who's really into this. You know, if you watch that uh, press conference, if you read the quotes, you're thinking, okay, there, there seems to be, there seems to be a pretty good amount of passion here. And I'm wondering if you go back 35 years. Because unless I got my maths wrong, uh, you were here as Sam Battistone sold first half the team. And then about a year later, he sold the other half of the team to Larry Miller. Was it a similar vibe? I don't know what this is, but it's a local owner with passion. So that's at least two boxes that need to be checked. Let's see where we go from here.
1: No, it's it's a great analogy. Uh, Larry and Gale in 1985 were... Uh, You know, I think Gail even said yesterday the same age as Ryan and his wife, uh, the new owner, ownership, uh, at age 40, I believe, 42. uh, 42. And, you know, I remember walking in. I was fairly new. I think I'd been here three months and Carl Malone had just been drafted. And the whole tide was beginning to change for the Jazz. You know, Mark Eaton was here. uh, Of course, Frank was the head coach. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, John Stockton. I had already I played a year for the Jazz, but yeah, there was that same energy. I remember there was a lot of emotion. By the way, no tears yesterday except from Gail, in some regards. But Larry, such an emotional uh, owner, and taking that ownership from Sam Battistone, and it was you know really when you think about it, going back, I don't know where Utah would be without that move in 1985 uh, when Larry and Gail bought the team and it wasn't for basketball per se. She said yesterday it was to solidify and give the state of Utah an opportunity to grow around uh, the franchise stability, which I found, you know, again, intriguing to go back and and have her rethink and remember those, those days. And she did very well, you know, yesterday to give us a really an interesting idea of the reasons. And yes, it, it built their businesses and gave them a base to, to build around and the state as well in an arena that came with it. so, and Larry had a really, I mean, he stretched out, PK, as you know, and DJ, to, to build that arena with a loan from a Japanese bank. And and he was able to do it. And, you know, you couldn't replicate that building today for probably less than $800 million. You may even, you know, bust that, that price tag, to be honest. So, you know, he got it done. And I think what you saw yesterday was the handing of the torch. And, and Gail said it best. Look, we lived a dream. And we lived it together, and we, we traveled a journey that we thought we'd never travel and meet people we would never, ever, ever meet. And I, I could really sense yesterday that she understood that Ryan and his wife are going to live the same dream because, you know, he actually is a basketball fan, was looking – BJ and I were talking about this last night, PK – that, you know, he was looking around. He, he wanted to be a, an NBA owner, and there were other yeah. – other, some other opportunities. And he had approached the jazz multiple times about what do you think? What do you think? You know, and it was never the right time. And Gail just felt like this was the time I think COVID wears a lot of people down and the situation at hand right now, currently it was the right time. And she made the, uh, an interesting comment too. They have taken the jazz this far. Ryan hopefully will take them the next step. And that, would obviously mean an NBA championship. You know, the Jazz have flirted with it under the Miller family twice, and you know, hopefully there was opportunity with D. Will and Booze didn't work. Now you've got Rudy and Donovan with big decisions to make and a lot of money on the table. And I think it was in, in the Miller family's mind, it was a, it was a family decision uh, to move forward and uh, and sell the franchise. Talk about a well kept secret. Uh, it was it was a shocker. Uh, yesterday, I think it, it kind of surprised all of us. But when you heard Gail speak, and we had a, a Zoom call yesterday with employees, you know, you could you could tell um, it was it was a tough decision. But one she thought it was it was exactly the right time.
2: Don't you think it's sort of a freaky coincidence that these NBA teams, a lot of them are owned by several people, and here the Jazz, Gail and Larry, in their early forties. Now we're going to have Ryan and Ashley in their early 40s, both Utah folks, all four of them, and have a passionate interest in the community and the state. It just seems, I don't know if weird is the right word, but maybe natural, actually, is the right word.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, it's unique. Uh, I th- I've got a college buddy who hit it big, uh, who is a... Um, minority owner a very small piece of the boston celtics and there's a lot of ownership in the celtics there's a lot of ownership in a lot of teams pk as you mentioned and i i think this is just incredibly unique that you have someone that has the money obviously in the state of utah Uh, i mean there's there's a lot of wealth here obviously and uh, you know you're seeing the state grow into the next uh kind of silicon valley right so there's a there's a lot of money here, and and Ryan uh, was very smart in his business dealings at an early age, and here he is with the ability, he and his wife to to buy, and put down you know one uh, reportedly one point six six billion dollars, uh, for the Utah Jazz and Vivian Arena and a few other pieces that go with that, but it is unique PK that you have you know one guy. Uh, who who just takes over a franchise like the Millers did when they bought it from Sam Battistone. So it goes from Sam to the Millers and now to Ryan and Ashley. It's it's really it's really an odd but unique situation uh, for for Utah and the, and the Jazz.
0: So one thing that I heard when I talked to people yesterday, and it was something that you echoed when I talked to you, you know, at almost midnight. Holy cow! No <laughs> wonder I'm tired. Um, you but one thing uh, is that you thought uh, a new energy and I think it's hard to put your finger on what that means, but you have the sense that it's important, but how it actually plays out and translates into the court, onto the court into wins and losses is kind of a tricky thing. Can you put your finger on what that new energy means? I know you believe in it yeah. but, but how does that really come to pass you know when you're broadcasting a game? what is that going to mean to the people watching it?
1: You know, and PK, you know what I'm talking about here, DJ. You know, in newsrooms, um, when editors, new editors, new uh, news directors come in, uh, there is a sense of energy um, because what was is now is gone. And there's always, obviously there will be always the Miller fingerprint on this franchise. But you get to the point where there will be changes – um, again, I think that comes down the road, and what I mean is just you know it's just it's just natural. I mean, we saw it right multiple times in newsrooms where you know new news directors or general managers have their own way of doing things, and they'll put their fingerprint on that newsroom. And I'm sure Ryan and Ashley will, will do the same thing. I don't I don't believe that's a knee jerk reaction to say hey uh, this happens today. No, I don't I don't believe that's the way this is going to work. I think it's just a subtle change and maybe a new approach of where they handle free agency. Um, I have no idea uh, what uh, Dennis and Z, Justin Zanuck will be told what the financial status will be on salary cap, uh, going over it, staying close to it. And so those are things we'll all learn when dealing with, obviously, Donovan's contract and the extension of of Gobert, if that's going to come come to to past and Jordan Clarkson. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen here in a very short period of time. So, I mean, Ryan's going to have to make some big financial decisions as well that the Millers were facing. So, but I still think what Gail said yesterday, is still, it's true. I, I think again, yeah. sometimes when, when you're in a newsroom or in any corporate situation, something mm-hmm. new comes about new leadership just makes it all different. And Thirty-five years is an amazing run for anybody, and now you have a, a as she called, new blood to come in, and uh, give new direction, new thought, and new ideas uh, to an NBA franchise in some really interesting times. By the way, uh, as we know, so it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Is the best word to see to see where we go from here.
2: Have you had any interactions with Ryan Smith?
1: Yeah, a couple of times. Uh, I found him, you know, genuine, uh, you know, approachable. Um, He was, um, you know, uh, helpful. And, uh, you know, he was courtside many games with Greg um, over the last couple of years, um, at least maybe 10 games or more a year. And uh, before we moved up, uh, from the floor, I'd see him quite a bit. We still did our our game opens down on the floor, but we had to rush around the corner to get back upstairs. But yeah, I, I find him really uh, just a, a, a you know a guy that loves the game. Uh, I think he wants to learn more about it. I think what is uh, from what I understand from his days at Qualtrics as a co-founder, obviously has a great business mind and a great he put up a great business model, and hopefully that translates you know to to his ownership with the jazz, but know, um, And the other thing too, PK, he he really was instrumental of, you know, putting the patch uh, of, you know, five for the fight uh, for cancer and the money that's been raised, raised by that is very typical of what the Miller family does and involvement with the community. And I don't think that's going to stop uh, with new ownership.
0: So I thought that we were moving towards a December 22nd start to the season. Now there's a story out that some NBA stars are pushing for uh, mid-January and an MLK Day start mm-hmm. to the season. Have you heard anything officially or unofficially? Because many Jazz fans wonder when they will get to see
1: Jazz basketball. Jazz basketball. Uh, DJ, that's probably still the, the daunting you know, uh, endeavor of, of Adam Silver is what do we do? When do we do it? Because they have to be careful. I, don't, I know for a fact they don't want to give a false start date, right, and have to disappoint and pull, pull back from that. I've heard the 22nd, as you have, and PK. And then I also heard the, the real favorable one for the players was indeed Martin Luther King Day in mid-January. I also read a story yesterday. If you wait until that day, the money from December 22nd to the next month is about, I may be wrong. Because there's a lot of stories out there, but you know they're talking money and to generate to generate you know the cash flow back in uh, to the league would be about five hundred million dollars. I mean that's that's a big decision, right? To even push it a month, and I'm not really sure. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, what do you think the numbers are for fans? Does that make a difference? Can you trickle in five thousand fans in January versus? just before Christmas I don't know I know that's what Adam Silver would like he's mentioned it multiple times that fans need to return to to arenas and I sh- can surely understand why you need that energy and you need concessions and all the above ticket sales but uh, I don't know the players hold a big card here you know when you heard Danny Green say I doubt LeBron's gonna play if we go December 22nd that may have gotten some uh, some attention especially from network television because One thing they don't want is to disappoint fans when star players are resting, but then there's other teams, by the way, that haven't played guys since March and they want to get on the floor and they want to generate revenue. So I think there's probably a pretty good discussion going on here.
2: So when you're a fan, like Ryan Smith has been, you have your favorites and you root for guys, you get close to them if you have access to them. And that's all well and good from the fan perspective. But then when you become management, when you come become an owner, it's a fine line with the fandom and then being able to make the business decisions. And you can't make the business decisions based on fandom because if that were the yeah. case, Joe Ingles would play till he's 45 because he's so universally beloved <laughs> yeah. here, right? You know where That's I'm right. going. How do you think Ryan Smith is going to be able to balance that line, fandom to... Actually, make decisions. Now, Travis Hansen says that he believes Ryan Smith wants to win uh, as well or as much or more than any NBA owner who's already there. So, you got that endorsement there. Just thought your thought on how you manage all that and balance it.
1: I, I think he'll be aggressive, PK, from what I've understood through some calls and people that I know. Um, he wants to be aggressive, and I think you're right. As a fan like Larry, let's just go back. And think of Larry and how he adjusted. You know, he was so emotional courtside, uh, and there was obviously those situations that popped up along the way. And until he finally pulled back, and I think you go through that transition. I'd be I'd be stunned if he doesn't, because he realizes, yeah, this is my team; these are my guys. I'm emotional. Bad call. You treated him wrong. That was too hard of a foul. So you start to. You've got to back it off and Larry had to learn that too uh, with some of the incidents that, that occurred, you know, courtside. And uh, I, I'm sure Ryan will go through those same, those same growing pains of ownership, right? Uh, but I think again, you know, new time, new day. You know, Larry hadn't even seen a ball game. I Remember Gail said yesterday, again, I forgot this, that really his first game was when he went with Sam Battistone when they were discussing the deal, it wasn't really what Ryan is, and that's a basketball fan. He became one, but Ryan's already there. And so, um, you know, building up to this, maybe he he understands that role a little bit differently. Uh, Larry, overnight, became so passionate with his team, and Ryan has been around this franchise for a long time. He even said yesterday he grew up as a junior jazz player and thought he'd play for the Jazz. Uh, you know, Larry was a softball king and um, learned to become an NBA fan. So it'll be interesting to watch the whole process. But I think he realizes how close the Jazz are, PK, and, and what is a very competitive Western Conference. And, and, and obviously he knows what needs to be done to push them past Lakers, Clippers, even Denver, and even probably Dallas with, with a healthy Porzingis and Luka Doncic. So, um look, I'm sure they've already got some plans in the works, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of agents around the league. Look, free agency hasn't occurred yet, but I'm sure some talks have happened and uh, some decisions have already been made on what directions to go. And I'm sure the Jazz are in the same, in that same boat.
0: Well, tell us where they are then, Bowler. Let's go. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> I can't. I have no clue, but I'm excited to see too. I mean, you know, with like I said, with new management, anywhere you are, there's fear because you don't know exactly what's going to occur. But at the same time, I think you see like, wow, okay, maybe this is just that little nudge. And, and as Gail again said, new blood that pushes the franchise uh, up, uh, up a notch. I'm saying the Millers weren't, they wanted to win a championship. I mean, I'm no, I'm known that since day one, we covered them. And when I, I've been working for them and there's always been that goal, but you know it it just takes uh, combinations to make it work. and you know, the right player and the chemistry. And those are tough decisions to make. but they're usually financial, right? So I think the bottom line is we'll find out how aggressive Ryan and Ashley are uh, to pursue either another player in free agency or if they're if they are uh, gamblers in the sense of making trades. And guiding, you know, giving Dennis the thumbs up and and Z, Justin Zanuck. So I'm just going to sit back and and just see how this is going to turn out. But it's all I can do, right? But it's going to be done because the season's going to come around faster than we think, whether it's December 22nd or in mid January. Uh, it's, It's coming around the corner as we come up on November.
0: Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in
2: and enjoy your late night TV.
1: Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll expect a call tonight. You too, PK, we'll uh, we'll, we'll conference in.
2: I go to bed at 10, so it'll have to be before that. <laughs>
0: okay. Bowler's just we'll getting up. started. He takes a yeah, power nap yeah. about 9.15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll power, okay,
1: power nap okay. it, and then we'll go. All yeah. right. Okay, thanks, Bowler.
0: See you, guys. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, everything you missed in this show. We had Joe Ingles on earlier this morning. Travis Hanson, the former BYU basketball player who knows the Jazz new owner, plays basketball with him at 6 a.m. games. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up, plus the NFL game tonight in the uh, Super Bowl news. Stay with us, DJ and PK. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke.
2: Monumental day. If we think about the history of our state and our sports franchises, our first owner was an out-of-state guy. Brought his outside money into Utah. And at the time, we didn't really have the infrastructure and business. And we're a very undeveloped city at that point. And then you take the next owner, who's this guy who's Utah's own, and he starts in the parts department. He builds up his empire. And this is the next stage. And this is a guy who's made it, right? He has the single biggest software tech deal ever in the history of the world. I think this is really symbolic of kind of where our state is going. And we've had the right person for where our state is leading us the whole way. And it seems as though Ryan and Ashley are the next right step.
0: The Big Show,
2: weekdays from 2
0: to 7 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, time to catch you up on everything we've been talking about during this show. And I suppose we should probably start with Travis Hanson coming on. And it's too long a clip, but he went into how um, the families vacation together and with some friends. It wasn't just the two of them. We have, yeah. Um, Not you. No. <laughs> You've never been to Europe, and it was Italy. You're yeah, You need to go to Italy, Italy, and Ireland. That's where that's where your uh, families come from. Uh,
2: you're absolutely right. Both grandfathers were born there.
0: Right, but uh, but Travis went into uh, traveling with Ryan Smith. What he's like playing pickup basketball with him six o'clock in the morning. He's uh, he's a pretty good guy. And having a, in a pickup game, he gets it. Said he's really smart. Really driven, and I think as I heard that, he echoed some stuff that you were told by people who know Ryan, who we have not had on the air.
2: As far as the competitive will to win,
0: yeah, and the ability to um, you know be smart, be analytical, be focused. You know, do oh well. yeah,
2: I mean you you accumulate that type of yeah. uh, wealth. Uh, and and you and you accumulated it. It wasn't given to you. Right. You accumulated it Obviously your your business acumen. I mean, it's unquestioned. There's no doubt about it And you know, this is a guy who has pursued this for a long time and you, know, you try to relate to people and It's hard to relate to a billionaire uh, you know, you're the closest that I have there but you no, got somebody? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you're you're more richer than me, so you're the closest. I didn't say you were close. I said you're the closest. No, I
0: was know. thinking of other people that you hang out with. But anyway, go ahead. I digress.
2: <laughs> you try to relate it. Somebody who wants something really bad. I mean, I had visions of myself being in sports radio, right, and doing mm-hmm. some television. I've told this story. Story how uh, Dave Fox wanted me on one Sunday, and I was in Phoenix at the NCAA tournament, and I go down to the airport to uh, get uh, on Sunday, and the flight was delayed. I bought another ticket so I can get into town. I didn't have enough time. My wife met me at the literally in the parking lot of salt lake international airport she bought better clothes because i was not dressed i thought i needed to dress up so the point being and i rearranged vacations literally jeff rickard hey can you do the show i need you the whole next week on sports radio i had a vacation plan for that week to go to california we changed it so the point being i was willing to do whatever it took to get to where i am now and i literally for me it may sound corny. I'm living the dream. This is what I wanted to do since I first heard sports radio on KOI in Phoenix from 10 to midnight. And that was it. And that and I, I did any, everything possible, and I got it. Well, Ryan Smith has wanted to own an NBA basketball team. We knew he had interest in the Suns. The three of us have talked about that. And then we got Travis Hansen. Oh, yeah, he had interest in the Suns. He talked to Robert Sarver about getting a uh, percentage of the ownership. But that's stuff we all knew. So he's getting something that he's worked a long time to accomplish. And if you're like me, you don't take one day, one segment, one whatever for granted because this is something that you wanted so bad, so you're not going to let it slip away because of some casual work ethic. So I relate it to what Ryan Smith must be thinking. And, I'm, and maybe I'm off base here uh, because I can't relate to that high a level. But if you want something that bad, and I think we can all relate to that, you work for it, he worked for it, and now he's got it. And he's not going to take it lightly. He's actually probably going to be upping his game now that he has it. So we had
0: Travis Hansen on, and uh, through BYU they have connections, and uh, yep. Ryan's been a, a BYU booster and been around the program, and lots of people around there, you know, have had some level of interaction with him. And Travis is yep. a former BYU basketball star. Obviously, you know, people always gravitate towards the best players, especially the ones who come home. Um, we had Joe Ingles on, and Joe. Uh, talked about what a surprise it was to hear and everything that Gail Miller has, uh, and the Miller family has meant to him. And obviously we know the autism storyline, but he talked about just like the first time, you know, you're the new guy in America and you don't exactly know what's going on and she treats you like you're a max player. And that it made an impression on him right away and just kind of set the tone of their relationship going forward.
2: Yeah. I thought you were playing a clip there for a second. No, but, no,
0: uh Anything else you recall from the Joe Ingles interview? That was one thing that Oh, really stuck yeah. With me. I mean,
2: Joe Ingles has a phenomenal affection for Gail Miller and the Miller family because this guy is the ultimate success, rag to riches story as far as, well, I just want to make the NBA for one year. And you're going to end up playing eight years and you're going to have a massive impact and when it's all said and done Joe Ingles is going to have a massive impact in a way that goes far beyond the basketball court and I don't want to get too cheesy but that's something that I think we view as more important the impact that he's had on the community has been tremendous so he can speak from that perspective but he can also speak from the player perspective in terms of wanting to win because when you're out on that basketball court it's about winning i mean let's not forget it's a cutthroat business when it's out on the basketball floor They've got something you want, or vice versa, and you're trying to take it, or they're trying to take it. So, you know, Ryan Smith is going to come in. Back to what Travis Hansen said: the dude is seriously competitive, and that's what players want. So, I think that, and I've and I've been preaching this for a long time, that players, I don't care who you are, what your background is, you can come here and you can be respect. You can respect what the Millers have done, and you would be extremely happy here. There's been so many guys who can vouch for what we're talking about here. And I think that will continue. And that's good because you want guys to be able to feel welcomed and feel like this is a place where I can set down my roots, even if it's just temporary roots, which is sort of an oxymoron, but while you're playing and feel like this is a place I can be happy and I don't need to run off to South Beach or Los Angeles or wherever. So I think you keep plugging away, chipping away, and this franchise is going to have an opportunity to get back to where the statues took them.
0: And we had Bowler on, and Bowler uh, goes back and really was able to discuss some of the parallels between this sale now and when Larry Miller bought the team and kind of echo some of the stuff. The way Gail uh, Miller remembered it in the press conference, uh, Bowler able to remember some of those details, fill in some others. Uh, 42 years old, local, uh, driven, passionate, very excited and energized by the opportunity. That's some of the stuff uh, Bowler hit on it. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, as I say this, I'm thinking, PK, there are listeners right now, lots of them, listening to this show who literally weren't alive when the Miller family went all in on the Jazz. Yack, were you alive? Born in 1987. There it is. Miller's on the Jazz as long as I was alive until yesterday.
2: Yeah, that's kind of freaky. You know, Jack was here before that all took place. I mean, obviously we weren't. Uh, I only know of Larry Miller. I only know of the statues. I don't go back before those guys. I only know of the Jazz being good. I don't know of the Jazz struggling with 20 wins and Frank Layden, you know, what time's the game start, what time can you be here, you know, his famous line. That's nothing that I know of. I don't even know of the Salt Palace. I, I didn't get here when they missed, were playing in the Salt palace. I got
0: here for the second year, and you got here for the third year of yeah. the then Delta Center. Um, right. And they had gone to the Western Conference Final for the first time in the first year of the building.
2: Yeah, my earliest memory of the Jazz is them pushing the Lakers to seven games. So I really know, I know nothing other than their greatness. Uh, and the Miller legacy will live on and forever i mean literally it'll live on in a manner that it lives on with uh stockton malone i mean it just will it'll be a greater impact because you know you those guys aren't there without larry miller and gail miller so they'll it's secure in what what they accomplished And there's still things to do that they will do in the community. It's not like they're going away. they still got plenty of great things to do ahead of them. And then then other generations are going to be around. And it's sort of funky that, you know, they had young families. I don't don't know. They may even have the same amount of kids. I Mm. I don't know that. Uh, But now the Smiths got young kids, and they're going to grow up. As the children of the jazz owners, it's like we are seeing déjà vu. It's it's crazy.
0: That's really yeah. That was really Bowler's point when he was coming on, and Gail Miller alluded to it in her press conference. You know, it struck her, hey, we're the same. It's wild. Yeah. All right. Other things we have discussed in this show, although that has been the uh, the main topic. Um, other things we've talked about in the show, the Thursday night football game, uh, the Falcons are 1-6, the Panthers are 3-4. Can the Panthers beat the Falcons for a second time this year, get to five hundred. at least get to the, the edge of the playoff race and get back in it? That game's 6 o'clock tonight on Fox and the NFL Network. Uh, and the NFL looking at a reduced-capacity Super Bowl. It's in Tampa. Uh, they're looking at pods six feet apart. They were going to enlarge the stadium to seat 75,000. Obviously, that'll be scaled way down, but... I am sure people are paying big, big money to be in the in the, uh, in, the in the stadium for the Super Bowl, and now that they're even less tickets, I bet it's just enormous cash. You know, the other thing that'll be a casualty of the pandemic, and I think you participated in once San Diego, if I remember right, weren't you at Super Bowl media day?
2: I was, yeah.
0: Yeah, that seems like a level of chaos they're going to have to pass on this year.
2: Well, I was a pain in the neck trying. I, <laughs> I wasn't there to screw around. I was there to get real stories. <laughs> but there were people
0: screwing around. It's, it's, right. it, it's entertainment, and, and that was probably especially bad because you're so close to Hollywood at that point. But, uh, you know, all the syndicated shows and websites try to do goofy stuff. and
2: yeah, I wasn't interested was in goofy stuff. I had real work to do <laughs> and uh, had a limited amount of time. And I, you know, I would like to thank the Millers and the Smiths for announcing it on a week that BYU's playing Western Kentucky. Good a week timing. That Utah Good hasn't timing.
0: started till next week. That was I don't think that that was at the top of their list, but we certainly <laughs> noticed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. What a perfect week. You got a team that you should smoke, and the, and the Utes haven't yeah. started yet. And, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, last night. I mean, I got some information on Utah's starting quarterback. And I've, I've verified it through two different sources as far as uh, who it's going to be. But out of respect for Kyle, I'm not going to bring it up until a week from Friday.
0: Bum, bum, bum. All right, well, that's we can discuss your unwillingness to discuss it tomorrow, but we're out of time now. DJ yeah. and PK, your feedback, the stuff you've been tweeting at us, next.
1: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere.
2: Now let's get this party started.
1: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz have been sold to Ryan and Ashley Smith from Qualtrics. I think the thing you can take away from today's conversation is you have one established Utah family selling an NBA team to another established Utah family. And that's the most important thing is the realization that this team is not going anywhere with a family in Ryan and Ashley that is bound and determined to make this team successful here in Utah. And will do everything they can to bring a championship to Utah. That was always Larry's goal. That was Gail's goal. Goal, and i think we can all safely say that's very much ryan's goal as well
2: we've seen some of these big tech giants step in as owners look at mark cuban's purchase of the dallas mavericks and how far they've come the passion that he has for that team i believe that ryan smith will have that same passion for the utah jazz
0: Hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network TJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. A lot of people hitting us up on Facebook and Twitter about the Jazz being sold. And Dustin says, brilliant move by the Millers. Best of luck to Ryan as he navigates the current NBA climate. What a disaster it has become.
2: Oh, whoa, whoa.
0: (laughs) That's it. Dustin thinks it's a disaster and the Millers checked out at the
2: perfect time. Well, that's up to them to decide if they checked out at the perfect time. But a disaster? A disaster. I don't think any pro
0: sports league is a disaster. No, and I think there's an argument to be made that although there are certainly tough times right now with the yeah. pandemic and certainly sure. social issues and, and Black Lives Matter, I think there are people in business who will tell you uh, buy low, sell high. The best time to get in is when there are problems and there are challenges, and there is a debate about what's the best path forward. And you know, if that uh, that might make it a little better deal, actually, maybe that's the best time to get in. You know, I will say that uh, if you don't know much about uh, the company Qualtrics and you know how it's grown and all that, it'll be interesting the kind of global view. I mean we're taking a very local, very provincial view, right? Oh, I
2: think globally in everything I do.
0: <laughs> so Qualtrics is on four continents. I mean, they got offices in Australia and Only Singapore four? and Japan and Europe.
2: How many continents do we have? Fourteen?
0: <laughs> Man, there's your ASU education coming to the fore. Yes, PK. There's fourteen continents. Please look them all up. That'll take a while. <laughs>
2: Don't know much
0: about Qualtrics. From the stuff I've seen, they're not in South America and they're not in Africa. But they're in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. And so as the league continues to grow globally, certainly one of the issues that they face going forward is China, right? In the last uh, 12 to yeah, yeah, 18 yeah. months, that's been pretty well documented. Oh, no question. Uh, yeah. Now we got another comment here. Joseph says, uh, I wish I could buy a new car at the age of 37, let alone an NBA team in <laughs> an arena. And then he puts a little smiley emoji in there. He's 42, like, though. He got five <laughs> thumbs up. I, yeah, I just assumed Joseph said, like, 37, thinking, I, I just want a new car.
2: You know, as far as all this stuff percolating around sports, I go back to the game. The literal game. Is the game good? Does the game attract your attention? I've said this about baseball because it's taken a lot of abuse, and to me— There's stars that always come along that bring you into the game. Mookie Betts, whomever, you know, just naming one guy off the top of my head. He was
0: pretty exciting in the World Series. Right. (laughs) I mean, if you watch, he was exciting. Does
2: the game basically turn you on and draw your interest? And if the answer's yes, there's going to be problems along the way. But as long as you have that, that's what is going to work. And I think we have that. The game itself, what goes on uh, in that two baselines and a sideline, does that hold your interest?
0: Matt says Gail was going to sell at some point. I don't think any of the kids are interested in running the LHM group. I'm glad she sold to someone with strong Utah roots. It does put soccer's future in Utah in jeopardy. Not sure Ryan can afford all of the Miller Sports assets as well as all of Soccer Utah's assets. I'm thinking RSL might be moving. That's probably a topic for another day. I will say I think Ryan could afford it. It just comes down to a question of, does he choose to?
2: Yeah, I mean, you only got so much hours in the, so many hours yeah. in the day to devote mm-hmm. your attention to, so you don't right. want to dilute it too bad.
0: At the same time, when you're in a smaller market trying to maximize everything, there are probably... I don't know what there are eight to ten markets where there are owners that own multiple teams and leverage that even into even more money, and maybe that's something that needs to be done to sustain it. You know what? What does he think of that? And as he looks around the country yeah. at the eight or ten models, how do they work? Several of those owners are NBA owners.
2: Well, aren't so- they in, in, uh, uh, in New Orleans?
0: Uh, New Orleans is one good example, absolutely. Uh, in Atlanta, you've got a football-soccer combination there and in New England. Uh, in Toronto, you've got a football-hockey-basketball-soccer. soccer you got four. You've got a baseball-hockey combination in Detroit with Illich. Uh, yeah. I'm leaving some people out here off the top oh, of Reinstorf. my head. Oh, Reinsdorf Oh, the uh, White He's got an NBA-Major League Baseball yep. combo there with the White Sox and the Bulls. Um, obviously, then you've got the Rams in a separate market, but you've got the Avalanche and the Nuggets, an NBA-NHL combo in Denver, and their owner also owns the Rams and is building, has built that new stadium. So, you know, there's, he's going to have access to some of those people, like, well, how do you leverage it? Should I do that? And I mean, I think that's what Travis was getting at, that he'll consider these things, and whether he'll do them or not. And there is a a deadline coming up at the end of the calendar year. But, you know, with all the money on the table, this turns into a poker game and bluffing and folding. And so you can go nuts on October 29th if you want, but probably still two months away when it's being resolved, no matter how it's resolved. Yeah, so. it's out of my league, man. <laughs> All right, um, but from what Travis said, that's the kind of thing that'll interest Ryan, and he'll probably explore that if he's not already doing it. All right, that's cool. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We'll see it.